Well, if you have your Bibles, and as they're doing that, if you would, go to, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to start at verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you continually, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called. Underline that in your Bible. Those He called. Those He called. Or make a mental note of that. If you're using your phone, maybe you can use a highlighter, but make a mental note of that has given to those he called his holy people who are rich in glorious his holy people who are rich his his rich and glorious inheritance i also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of god's power for us who believe in him this is the same mighty power that raised christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at god's right hand in the heavenly realms now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under authority of Christ, and He has made Him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And you know, Underline that, for the benefit of the church. And the church is His body. It is full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Father, I thank You, Lord, for the Word today. And I, I pray, God, that even in, our, even in our hearts, that we're stirred up, Father, to, to see Your Word as truth. Lord, that we carry Your Word with us. Father, everywhere we go, that, Father God, that, you know, that, <laughs> Lord, I pray that even that You weaponize Christians today. God, You give them the Word in spirit and truth. And, Father, I thank You. Lord, uh, you know, even, even my words today, let there be clarity in my words in Jesus mighty name in Jesus name amen amen you know point number one and if you're taking notes I'm going to kind of just stay with the context of the scripture today but I, you know one of the things that I want you to understand is you are his rich glorious inheritance and you know and I'm going to tell you that may be a revelation and, and, and sometimes that can be a real revelation from God you know even from the very beginning that you understand that you are his rich you know, even when you use the word rich, some people can be like, well, I'm rich, I'm not rich, I'm, you know. But God says, look at, look at what the word says. You are his rich, glorious inheritance. So you got to grab a hold of this first promises. And what I love about, you know, what I love about the book of Ephesians, man, you, when you begin to get into Ephesians, you begin to see just... You know, Paul's writings, he was writing to the church and he cared deeply about the church. You could see how compassionate he was, how passionate he was for the church. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, at everything that, that, that has come against the church, whether the church should meet, whether the church shouldn't meet, I'm telling you, God's people are going to be stronger. That God's people are going to be stronger on the, back, on the back end of this thing. Amen. I'm looking at a group of people that are going to be stronger in God more now than they were even five, six months ago. Amen. I'm looking at a group of people that's going to grab a hold of the things of God and say, I, I, I got this. I got this. I'm, I'm rich. I'm rich. I have an inheritance with the king. The king loves me. You know, think about it. You know, when God, no, the Bible says that, you know, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, these are things that, you know, this is, this is how God sees you. That, you know, that God sees you. He looks at you. And He, he loves you. You know, may, you know, I could remember a point in time, and even in my life, that I didn't have clear revelation of that. I didn't have a clear revelation of how much God loved me. How much he called me rich. How much he called me blessed. But God, that's how God sees you. You are precious to God. You know, understand, understand this. You have a new identity in Christ. You have a new identity in Christ. And you've got to grab a hold of this belief that this is actually real. You know, the Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. What does new look like? Boy, it's pretty, huh? 
Old's not always so pretty, is it? New, you know, old can be pretty. There, there are some old things that are very beautiful. But new things, man, new things are, you know. But see, that's how God sees us, as new. That we become new creatures when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord. We, get, we have a new identity in Christ. And that's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. So old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, you know, I thought about this, and I wrote this down yesterday. How do you, <laughs> how do you maintain a new identity in Christ? Can I give you just one tip? And because I'm not going to preach around this, but do the opposite of what the world says to do. You know, it's like you know the the world has a set of principles, but I'm going to tell you that God has a set of principles. He has a set of guidelines. I'm not telling you not to obey rulers. Not, not, I'm not talking about that. But, you know, when the world says you should fear, the Bible says you should fear not. Right? So it's like, you know, contrary to what the world says that you should do, find it in the Word of God for, for what you should do. So, so you know, it, it's like you have, to, you have to begin to put this new, this new creature thing on. Not, not, an old, not an old way of thinking. Because, see, the old Brad, I, honestly, the old Brad, during, you know, during everything that happened, I probably would have been a little more fearful. I probably would have been a little more paranoid. I probably would have been a little bit. But, you know, I knew that my confidence was in Christ. I knew that my position was in Him. I know that my healing comes from Him. I know, you know, I, I know that my, 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 my faith, I know that my faith comes through Him. I know that the blessings of God come through Him. They don't come through people. Man, I, when, I, when you figure that out, you, you step into a whole other realm. When you, step in, when you, when you figure out that, that, that God is the blesser and not people, man, you, you step into a whole other realm of thinking. It, it, because, you know, your eyes get fixed on who? Him. Not on people being the blesser, blessing. People can bless you, yes. But, but you know, it, it, you, when your eyes get fixed on God, everything shifts. You know, so... And then what, you know, I want to say this, we, hear, hear this today. You don't have to, 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 to camouflage your identity. You, you don't, you know, because a lot of times people, you know, and I wrote this word down, camouflage, and I think, I think sometimes that even in faith, one of the mistakes that we can make is that we as Christians, we try to hide, we try to fit in, we try to blend in with, with, in with just how the, how the world flows or how the world operates. Understand something, we are in this world, but we're really not of this world. When you, when you get a clear picture of that, so it's not like, understand, you don't have to be a camouflage Christian. You don't just have to to blend and go with the flow you, you you don't you know you can you can be who God made you to be in Christ Jesus and that's what you read Ephesians I'm telling you grab a hold of the book of Ephesians this week everybody, everybody read Ephesians this week will you do that for me read it because what you're going to see is you're going to see in Christ in Christ this is who I am I'm in Christ I'm in Christ. But understand something. In your new identity, you don't have to be a camouflage Christian. You don't have to be somebody that's just hiding behind things, waiting. You know, you, you, can I tell you this? You don't have to wait on Pastor Brad to give you orders to go tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, <laughs> we're that church. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Now, I'm not apologizing. I shouldn't have never said that. Um, Don't camouflage your identity. You know, it, it, it's interesting. It, get a piece of paper. Come borrow a piece of paper. You're wondering why I did that, so. so we'll do that. It's just an analogy that God just kind of showed me, but... Um, You know, in, in this whole aspect of, of, of seeming like, you know, being a camouflage Christian, you know, one of the things that people will do in Christianity, and, in, 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 you know, even in the workplace, they'll say, it's not my job. It's, it's not my job. It's not my job. I, I, I can't do that. It's not my job. It's not my job description. It's not my calling. It's not my purpose. So I'm not supposed to do that. I can't do that. I don't have enough brain power. 
I don't have I don't have this or I don't have that. But can I tell you, can I be honest with you today? You know, we think we have to have everything figured out. We have to have everything figured out. You know, the other day as I was fishing, I was walking. I was walking up this hill, and I seen this little plastic box. And, you know, and it, was a, it was a fishing lure box, and it was laying on the ground. And you know what I did? I walked by it. You ever walk by a piece of trash? You ever just walk by a piece of trash, and, 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 and you get a little further away from it? And you felt like the Lord was like, why didn't you pick that up? Why, why didn't you pick that up? You ever just, you ever going through Walmart and you see buggies all over the place and buggies up against people's cars and you'd be like, I should go move that. It's going to leave a scratch on someone's car. So as I was headed back out of this nice little fishing hole on Glady, it's right above, I took Jesse and Zeph into my fishing hole and showed them where it was at and and everybody's caught fish out of that hole. And uh, as I was walking back, I seen that thing. I seen that plastic box. And I reached down and I picked it up. And I said, yes, Lord. See, that's, that, that, that's how simple it is to understand this new identity. It's like when God speaks, you know, it's in the subtleness that God speaks to us. You know, I remember a time, even, even down there, at that one little hole, I went down there and there was beer cans. And you know what I started doing? I started stuffing beer cans. You know, my wife, if she went through my fishing vest when I got home, she'd think I'd had a drinking problem. Because, you know, I'm smashing beer cans and putting beer cans because I hate seeing trash. I hate seeing trash. But, I, you know, but I'm telling you, sometimes there's got to be an overwhelming amount of just, you know, it's that obvious that God's speaking to us to do something. And, you know, and it's just like, it's like that piece of trash. Sometimes we just got to stop and we, gotta, we just got to pick it up. See, that's like, that's like the things with God. Sometimes we just got to move to a place where we pick it up. Because, see, you have an inheritance with God, a glorious inheritance is what he says. You have a new identity with God. And, you know, what God is wanting people to do today, he's wanting people to be in a place where they're just willing to pick it up where they're just willing to pick it up, where they're just willing to say, you know what, yeah, I'll do this. I tell you what, go to Isaiah chapter 6 real quick. You know, because one of the things I want you to understand, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It, there is coming an hour, there's, such, there's, there's going to be such a difference where you'll begin to see people that are going to, they're, they're going to waver with the word. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. We will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and that's the thing. I want to tell you today, understand this. You, you can't wait until you have everything figured out. You can't wait till you move into a place where, where everything makes sense before you do something for God. You've got to pick it up. I hope this sticks in your guys' head. I hope the next time you see something walking across the Walmart parking lot, I hope it sticks in your head because, see, that's how God speaks. People think God he, that's how God speaks. He speaks in that quickening. Because if you're willing to pick this up, you're willing to pick things up for God. You're willing to move into a whole other realm with God. Because you know what? God, if you're not willing to pick this up, God's not going to be, He's not going to place something up there on the top shelf for you to reach. Because you, you wouldn't start down here. So you've got to be willing to pick those things up. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Yeah. Isaiah chapter 6. Look at this real quick. Look. I, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. This is, this is Isaiah. I'm going to start at verse 1. It was in the year King Uzziah died, and, and I, lo I love this passage, died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his room filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, and having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. What a picture. What a picture. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy is the Lord's armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. The voice shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed. And see, you got, you got to move from this picture, because see, this is, this is a lot of what the church can do right now. It can be in a place, we're doomed. You see all the riots going on. You see everything going on. We're, we're doomed. The world's coming to an end. Because are people not saying that? I mean, are people not just, it's, it's, yes, goodness, the Bible is, is really unfolding before our eyes. You know, but the one thing I want to tell, you know, 
it should inspire us. It should move us to want to pick it up. It should move us to a place where, you know, Jesus is going to come soon. You know, I mean, it, it should move us to a place where, where we as a church get excited. Even like today, that hunger. That, you know, that we, we begin to hunger. We begin to press. We begin to push in for the things of God. You know why we push in for the things of God here on a Sunday? It's so that we can go out on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, and Friday and tell people about this Jesus. That this, that, that, that this power that, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you. That It lives in your mortal body. That you can go out and you can touch someone with the gospel tomorrow, tonight. See, that, that's the purpose of the body of Christ. That's the purpose of the church. But, you know, this is, and, and watch, watch what Isaiah does. Watch, watch what he says here. Praise God. And this is what I did. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live, you know, he had filthy lips. He probably had an issue talking about things that he shouldn't talk about. I, I live among people with filthy lips. So it was a cultural thing. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. He touched my lips with it and said, See this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. See, God removes our guilt. He removes all of our shame. He removes all that so that we can move in. We can pick up the trash. We can pick up the things and begin to run after the things of God. And I'm telling you, it, it's... We make the biggest mistake in the world if we sit here and we think that we, we have to have 125 things figured out before we actually take the one step for God. Because, see, it's in the one step He meets you. And you're like, oh, that, that was God. That was God. That was God helping me. That was, that, that's what it feels like. Don't you, don't you love it when you feel God's presence? When God's helping you? When, you know, you, you go to pray for someone and you're stumbling through your words and you're like, and God's still touching them? You're like, how does God do that? It's Him. It's not me. Me, I'm a, I'm a mess sometimes. You under, I'm, I'm a mess. I, you know, I, I fumble my words. I, I get a little confused. I'm not a mess, I understand. But, you know, sometimes I can fumble my words. And sometimes I can just mess up, but there's God. God's in my presence. You know why? It's because I've stepped out and I was willing to do something for Him. And I believe that that's the hour in which we're living in, is that Christians have to be motivated by the Holy Spirit to do more, more now than they ever have. To, do, to, to, believe, to believe for the impossible. You know, and it's like, it's like what I said earlier. It's like placing that demand on Jesus. You know, we either believe, we either believe this thing or we don't. I tend to believe it. Amen. I believe it. I believe there's a real power in God. I believe that when that lady, she was pressing, she had heard about a man. She had heard about a man called Jesus, that Jesus could heal her. That, G that if she could only get close to Jesus, that she would be healed. You know what she did? She went after it. And I'm telling you, you know what, what I love about Jesus? Jesus said it right here. He said, who touched me? Who touched me? The disciples like, everybody's touching you. No, 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 no. There's somebody that placed a demand on me today. There's someone that, that, that you know, they were, willing to pick up, they were willing to pick up the piece. There was somebody that pressed in to grab a hold of me. Because it's different when somebody bumps up into me or it's different when someone places a demand on me. And you know what Jesus said? I felt virtue. I felt power. I felt it leave me because someone placed a demand on me. I'm telling you, you've got to, be, you got to get to a place. Even this week, you've got to get to a place where you get alone with God. You've got to place that demand on God. Say, God, I want, I want more. I, I'm believing for more. I, I believe, God, that you know, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for me, but I want the more of God. And you know what, next week, <laughs> I want the more of God. You, you know, I, I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to step up. I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to be more for you, God, because, listen, God, I know. I know the time and hour which we live in. You know, I, I'm, I'm not here to preach a, a message of doomsday. I'm here to, to preach a message of hope and love and, and, and to tell people that there's still time to get to heaven. You, that's the message that we carry. There's still time to get to heaven. There's still time to meet the king. There's still time to know who Jesus is. There's still time to get discipled. Understand, for a Christian, this is just the beginning. On this side of earth is just the beginning. We have a thousand-year millennial, millennial reign, and then we have an eternity with Christ. This is just the beginning. You, uh, we're going to be learning at the next phase. 
yeah, I, I still need to know more. So I, <laughs> I, I, I need to know more. I need to know more of this word. Amen. So I believe that. I believe we're going to be on the, on the next side learning. And this is Isaiah. He says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to the people? Who will go for us? You, you know, and that's, understand, it's, it, we've got to move from a place where who will go? Who will send? Who, who, who will watch the kids? Who will, who will do this? Who will do that? Who, who, who will do that? You know, and what, you know what he did? Lord, you, you know that's the power of God. You, you know that's the power of God. You know that that's the presence of God. I said, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me, Lord. <laughs> Send me. Send me out. Send me out. Send me out to talk with people about who Jesus is. Send me out to Walmart. Send me out to the places where, you know, people need to hear about who Jesus is. Send me out. Praise God. Praise God. So you are his rich, glorious inheritance, point number one. Point number two, you carry power. Look at what, look at what Paul said here. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for, for us who believe him. You know, Romans 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So, you know, understand that God is for you. But, you know, understand something even greater. He's put a power in you. He's put a power in you to overcome sin. That's the grace of God. The empowerment to overcome sin. That's the grace of God. He put that in you. But He's also placed a power in you. You know, you know, it's Pastor Angel talking last week about... You know, that, you know, talking about Satan and, you know, that that Satan is, is, is Jesus and God is not the is Satan's equal. And people want to play that thing, you know, and it was really a great analogy because she was like, you know, you see God and the devil and people are like, you know, they're they're warring. No, no, that that's not how that's not how it, it, it is. God is 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 far above the enemy. And, you know, when Jesus Christ died, he died for all of us. The enemy is put under. All things are placed under. You know, and like what she said, you know, Michael is, 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 is Satan's equal as an angel. But God is far above the enemy. But the very same thing that God put in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than the enemy. Is greater than the enemy. Is greater than the enemy. And I'm telling you, God, God has placed in us a power. A power to, to go far, to go above, to go, to, to go above anything that we can even imagine in our own minds. And, you know, in contrary to understand, understand that, you know, we have an inheritance and we're rich and we're, we're, we have all that. But understand something. God has placed a power inside of you. And, I'm, and I want to say something about this power because it's not about just, it's not about the power of God touching you in one meeting and, and oh, I got the power, I got the power. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a continual thing where there's a flow of God, where you're connected to the things of God, where, you know, it's continual. Many of you have been touched in a meeting, have experienced God in a meeting. Isn't it awesome? But there's a purpose in that. You know what that purpose is? To, to, to put something in you. To stir something up in you. You know, it's not, it's not, it, it's, we all need touched. Man, I, I pray. I pray that God begin to touch people. Touch people. But it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose to carry His power. And you know what? Even, even with power, it's like when, it's like when Peter, when the, when the blind man at the gate, you know, said, you know, sil you know when he was like, you know, I, I, you, know, you got any money? You got any money, Peter? And Peter said, silver and gold, I have none. But what I give to you, I give to you freely. Get up and walk. Take your mat up and walk. I give you the power of God. I, I give you what I possess. I give you what I have. And, and when, is that not more valuable? Is that not no more precious than silver and gold? Yeah, yeah. The power of God. I give, I give this to you freely. I give it to you freely. And see, it's, it's, it's the free things of God. That God says, look, I'm giving this to my people. I'm giving this to my people in an hour, in a time where they can take this, where they can run with it, where they can do, you know, uh, greater works. Who shall do? Us. Isn't that something? Isn't I mean, think about it. 
Do you ever pray that way? God, thank you for giving me the power to do greater works than you. That almost sounds, doesn't, <laughs> you know, wouldn't, that, you know, think about it. He's Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. But Lord, thank you that you've given us power. You've given us a power. You know, everybody here, and I want to tell you, everybody here has the ability to be able to influence whatever area you operate in. Because of the power of God that lives inside of you. The very power that dwells inside of you. You know, you can walk into a room and change the environment. You can walk, you can walk into the city of Park. You, you can walk into Palatine Park and people that are drinking beer will walk away from you. I seen it happen last night. You know, I didn't, I'm, not here to say, I'm not here to say anything about anybody. But I stood over by a guy, and he, you know, he was there, and I'm, I'm just kind of looks at me, and I, you know, he just walks away. You know, that, it, you carry something. You carry something inside of you. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, it's like, you know, we, we've got to keep that thing stirred up. We've, but I'm telling you, you can change your environment. You can change the, you, you know, it's like you've got to make, hear what I'm saying even today. Because I felt like even, you know, I was reading E.W. Kenyon this week. And, you know, it, it, even, even just to, to understand, it's like you've got to press in and place that demand on the things of God. And, you know, a lot of times why we don't see those things happen is because we don't ask. We're waiting on people to do it for us. We're waiting on people to do it for us. We, we've got to press in and we've got to ask God, God, I, 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 I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. You know, I, I felt like, you know, Miranda, you know, out of town last week for a day or so. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, you know even, even one of the things that the Lord was showing us, you've got to pray more. You've got to pray more. And it's like, well, you know, we have corporate prayer. We're, we're praying five days a week. You've got to pray more. But, but it was like one of the things that the Lord was showing us, we've got to pray more. We've got to place that demand on God. We've got to pray more. We've got to get before God. We've got to pray more. We've got to get into the holiest of holies. You know, when I, I think it was Cho, you know, that, that, you know, had a church of how many ever, 20,000 or something like that. When it started fasting, David Oedepo, same, you know, they, they, the church of 10,000 people started fasting and praying. What, what do you, you know, if my church is only going to be 10,000 people, I just soon die. <laughs> 10, 000, I just soon die. I want to see God's church grow. So you know what he did? He placed that demand on God. He began to pray. He began to fast. He began to seek the Lord. You carry power. And you know, that's what Paul was saying here. I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those that believe in him. That you understand. That's what Paul's saying to the church. I, I want you to understand this power that, that, you, that you can have, that you can possess, that you can walk in. Understand this power. Number three, point number three. I have some more notes there. I think I'm going to save it for tonight. Point number three. You know, what I love about all this passage in Ephesians, understand this. You know, everything I'm saying today is about you because you are the, you are the church. You are the church. That's point number three. Look at what Paul says. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. For what? For the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Flip over to Ephesians 4 real quick. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Same book. And this is... Uh, this is Paul talking about the church. He says, now these are the gifts these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. The responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. You know, understand something about that's the thing about God. God has given, he has given, uh, he has given us these offices to equip the church. You know, it's like when I played football. You know, God, give, you know, you know, God didn't give me, but, uh, you know, I got a uniform and I got equipment. I got a helmet. I got pads. I, I, I got all this stuff to go play football. If I didn't, if I didn't have a helmet playing football, I would have really got hurt. 
It seems really simple, doesn't it? But see, it's the same thing. God has given equipment. He has, he has given things to the church. He has given, he has given these things to the church to build up the church, to, to, to strengthen the body of Christ, to make, things, I, I, to make things all fit together. God has given these things to the church. Let me keep reading. It says, This will continue until all come to such unity in, in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So, you know, this, this is the key. This is the key to church, that we, we move to a place where we're, where we're grown up. Amen. Don't you want to be grown up? Huh? Think about it. Don't you want to be grown I want to be grown up. Huh? I want to be grown up. They will no longer be like immature children. It goes on to say, we won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever. They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You know, so go back to what I was saying. God, God, God equips the church. He equips the church. He has given us precious things to the church. You know, I started out with point number one. You know, we've got to be willing to hear the voice of God. We've got to be willing to, to pick it up, what God's asking us to do. Because, see, I, I believe that we're coming to a place in an hour that, Church is probably going to begin to look a little more different. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm not somebody that's sitting and saying, well, the church is all going to shrink back. No, 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 no. I think the church is going to well advance into things. I think the church is going to move in, 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 into whole other realms and whole other areas that we never, never thought possible. You know, I called a girl in Boston. It's been with us. It's been with our ministry. It was in Hana. And uh, I called her to thank her and uh, her and her mother and uh, over sewing into the church. I just called to, 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 to say thank you. And as I was dialing her number, I felt like the Lord said, ask a man if she's ready to plant a church. I was just picking it up. You understand something? I was just picking it up. Whether God's confirming something in her spirit, that was what was in my spirit. That, you, you understand? That's, that's how the things of God work. I'm just picking up what God tells me to pick up. And if there's nothing there, it's not, it's not there. It's not a big deal. And I think sometimes, well, you know, am I hearing? It's not a big deal. I'm just doing what I felt like the Spirit. You know, and she was like, wow. <laughs> she was just like, wow. She said, you know, like God's been dealing with me over, over this. And so, you know, we talked, and not to go into all that, we just began to talk about it. And I said, you know what, just pray. Just pray. Because, you know, to think that a little church in Fairmont would plant a church right outside of Boston, sounds pretty wild, doesn't it? See that? But God would do, yeah, God would do that. I mean, she's probably watching online today, starting a life group, getting a prayer group going. That's how God does things. You know, I, I, and I called Dr. Morocco, you know, to share with him. And I said, you know, doctor, I said, the interesting thing happened. A girl that you know, was in the mission field with us for three or four years uh, She's in uh, Boston. She's very familiar with the church and has served under us. And, of course, you know, he just, um, you know, he shared with me. He said, it's interesting, you know, he said, because he said, you think about what actually God had done. God had basically taken missionaries from the New England states, Boston. He said, I stood, I stood on the very place that he sent missionaries from, from, from the Boston area all the way to Hawaii. And he said, that day I remember being there, and I said, wouldn't it be great that God would bring us all the way back to Hawaii, that it would come full circle? And he said there had been a word prophetically spoken over, over, over that, 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 that from Boston to Hawaii. Then a great revival broke out in the 1800s. It was the largest church in the world. Most people don't even know it. It's called uh, Hawaii's Great Awakening. Dr. Morocco writes a book about it. It's phenomenal. It's just the power of God hit the Hawaiians, pressed in. And the power of God began to hit the, the, the missionaries in Boston because they had never seen anything like that. They had never seen people press into the things of God. That, you know, the missionaries, when they would show up, I'm going somewhere else now, but when the missionaries would show up to go to church in Hawaii and lead the congregations, the kids and the parents were outside the church weeping and praying before, an hour before church ever started. That's the Spirit of God. That's a hunger. That's people sensing that, you know, God, that the Spirit of God is moving. However, you know, he said, you know, 
He said, we should pray about this. Yes, sir, we should. <laughs> and so he began to pray. And I, just, I could just feel tears welled up in my eye, and I felt the presence of God. And I was just like, you know, thank you, doctor. He said, well, just keep me posted. Let me know what, let me know what happens. And, I, and it was just like, that's the kind of senior pastor we have. That's why, you know, it's like, you know, it, you know his counsel was, was right through prayer. It lined, up in, it lined up in through prayer. So, you know, even as I think about the body of Christ being knitted together, it's, it's why we are knitted with, with a church like this. Because we have a lot of flexibility, but as long as we're willing to advance the kingdom of God, we have somebody that's saying, go. 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 You don't have to wait. Go. Get thing, yeah, get things approved. Pick it up and go. He called me the other day. How many more churches are you going to plant this year? Oh, doctor. <laughs> Well, you know, we got a new vision in a year. We're going we're gonna to see five. You know, you know what he said to me? He said, the Marshallese are doing 70. I said, praise God. <laughs> right now we're going to get one going strong. Amen? <laughs> he said, the Marshallese are planting 70 churches in one year. You know what's interesting about that? It's like how God, how God can take someone and touch someone. Just like, just like uh, Pastor Robert, who's on Molokai. He was, he was actually the janitor at the church. He, he was actually helping out at the church, just doing things at the church, looking for things that he, he could actually get involved in. And you know what God did? God, I mean, God, he just, he got promoted. He got promoted. He got promoted. And every, every time through promotion, pro, uh, promotion, like the hand of God was upon him. And they had sent three or four pastors to Molokai. To, and many of you, some of you guys know him. Sent, sent many pastors to Molokai. And then Pastor Robert one day said, I'll go to Molokai. Nobody wants to go to Molokai. It's kind of like going to Hana. You know, because it was like nobody, nobody wanted to go to Hana. Nobody wanted to go to Molokai. Pastor Robert said, I'll go. And you know what? Right now, that island is experiencing revival. They got, four, I think, four churches now on the island of Molokai. That they're, in, they're in revival. They're in revival. A constant state of revival. Pastor Dotson, you know, I, he's the Marshallese head pastor. I sat with him at one of the conferences, and him and I were talking. And he, he, he sat down with me. He said, you know. He said, I would have hated you. He said that, and I was like, oh. He said, I would have hated you a long time ago. He said, I didn't like white people. You know, I mean, and he's, I, you know, it was just, a, it was a great conversation. I mean, you, you think I'm, you think I'm, but it, it, he was like, he said, you know, I was in prison, I was in jail. He went, he, he shared a little bit of his testimony with me. He said, but God did something with me. He said, man, I, I, I just love people now. You know, and here he's planted over 100 Marshallese churches around the world. But, you know, and every time he sees me, you know what he does? He hugs me. He gives me a big hug. You know, and I, I, there's times I, I grab him. I said, just pray for me. I, 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 you, when you recognize the anointing on someone's life, that apostolic anointing, you know, I just walk up and just pray for me. He just start praying Marshallese. I don't know what he's saying. I just... Praise God, <laughs> you know. Just put some of that on me. It's anointing. You want that to rub off sometimes, amen? And that, you know. But see, that, that's the thing. You know, even, even as I started out today talking about, the, you know, the time of God, even, you know, the, the waiting. Sometimes there is a time of waiting, but I'm telling you, even in that time of waiting, it's a time of preparation. It's a time of being ready to be sent. It's, you know, because when, when Jesus calls, when Jesus calls, listen to me, when he calls, you've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord, send me. You, and listen to what I'm saying. You don't have to sit here and think you're going to have it all figured out. You, <laughs> you, you, if you're waiting to have it all figured out, you're going to spend the next 30, 40, 50 years and at the end of your life, you're going to say, man, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have just stepped out and did this. I'm telling you, see, that, that's, that's the thing of God. That's the mercy of God. It's, you're never too late. You're never too late. And, I, you, know, you know, people say, oh, I just wish I could get back. Go back to when I was 15, 19. No, not me. Oh, my, no. I mean, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. Amen. I'm thankful I'm, I'm where I'm at. I mean, I'm telling you, where you're at right now, God, God can move in your life. He can touch you. But I'm going to tell you, 
Yeah, be willing, you know, and I'll hear what I'm going to say today. Be willing to even pick up the little things, the small things. You know, because, you know, one of the things I realize even now for us to go to the next level, you know, it's like every, everybody, it's not just your pastor that can go to another level. Because, you know, pastors can't leave congregations behind. Everybody's got to come along or, or it never grows. Or if it grows, it, it never lasts. So it's like that's the thing. When you, and, and that's the thing. That's what I'm seeing with people. I see, I see other levels. I see people pressing in. I see people going after the things of God. And as people are doing that, you know what? There's shiftings. There's shiftings that are happening. And you, in, in the body, knitted together. The body, the body coming close together and saying, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing for God. Look what we're doing for God. It's not, it's not that our eyes are fixed on each other. We rejoice in the victories, amen? And we've had some, praise God. We rejoice in that. But look what we're doing for God. Look what we're doing for God. We're advancing the kingdom of God. And you know, I believe West Virginia can be shaken by God. I, I, I mean, I got people from Hawaii moved here that you believe that too. You would have never moved. And you know, so I, I, I'm going to, you know, we got West Virginians here. You know, Dan and I have talked about. It. I believe God can touch West Virginia in a way unlike anything we've ever that we could ever imagine. That you know, we've got lifted up pickup trucks out here with coon dog boxes on the back, and we've got people getting saved. There's a whole other breed of West Virginians that many many people have never seen. Some of the West Virginians are laughing. But I'm telling you what, God loves them just like he loves me. He is no respecter of a person. Yeah, it's like when we were in the hollers of Morgantown, we seen some of it. Somebody greets you at the door with a 357. Can I help you? We're just here to pray for you. We're not Mormon or Jehovah Witness. Come on in. You know, anyway. So that's true. <laughs> Wouldn't make that up. You are the church. You are the church. You know, I, and I want to say this to you guys even today. I, I understand. It, I don't want people to be a part of this church because, because it's, it, it's, it's that, you know, I want, you know, I, I, I like being liked by people. But I want people to experience God. I want people to come in here. And even like this morning, as God was moving and people, people were pressing in, I want people to experience God. A fresh touch of God. That means more than me than anything. That people would experience the real, genuine power of God. That's what changes people. You know, I can, I can you know, it's even what Paul's talking about here. You know, not to be tricked by per persuasive words and, and things like that. I want people to experience the real, authentic thing of God. No, it's not about experiencing me. It's not about, you know, it's like worship. It's not about experiencing the worship team or anything. It's about pressing into worship. It's about experiencing God at every level of your life. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to do that, things can melt away. Things can begin to, you can begin to get into that position where, you know, God's saying, yeah, okay, yeah, now, now it's time. Now it's time. Go, go, go. You know, I think that's God's favorite word. Go. <laughs> yeah. It's a very small word. Go. Pastor Brad and Pastor Miranda always preach this, don't we? In many years we've been in ministry. I, you know, we go. We go. Maybe it's because that's what we felt. Maybe that's what we heard. It wasn't like neon sign flashed in front of me. Just go. Okay. And, that, and that's what it takes sometimes. Okay. And, and be willing to go in the small things. Be willing to move in the small things. Would you guys go ahead and stand today? I thought Jesse was coming up to play the piano. <laughs> It's going to the drums. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm, I want to say, I want to say this to everybody here. I'm thankful for everybody here. 
I'm thankful for getting to know people. I'm thankful for what God's doing in people's lives. But I'm, I'm thankful for where we're headed. You know, you know, we've lost three or four months of time because of everything that has hit, you know, with COVID-19 and all that. And, uh, and so I'm asking the Lord to make this up quick. The time that we've lost, I'm, 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 that's, my, that's my prayer that, you know, Lord, you know, because right now I would have, you, you know, by summer I, I was believing we would be at 60 or 70 people. In the fall we'd be moving right into 100. And then we'd be, you know, in the process, whatever we got to do from there. We, you know, we, you know, so I, you know, I believe that even in this revival service, you know, even at 40, we start looking kind of busy in here. But I believe even with this revival service, you know, I think it's one way that we reach this community, but it's one way that we reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, from there, the next, the next phase is like, you know, we've, you know, we got to have, you know, people that are feeling led to lead a life group people that are feeling led to, to help disciple people, that these things begin to just happen. See, people are ready. Who meet? Yeah, no, people are ready. See, that's, that's how the church grows. One person can't do it. It's the body knitted together. It's the body of Christ that says, you know what, we can do this. It's like, it's like you know, two weeks ago when we, did just, we, we threw together at the very end like a cookout. You know what happened? The body came together. I went downstairs and I looked at everything. I was like, look at the spread. You know, people just respond. That's how we've got to be, not just in food. Because people, oh, we can rally around that. That's easy. We just go down. To, we got to rally around other things too, amen? Hey, yeah, I got, I got a life group. You know, I, I said, I was, Dan, I keep referring to you today, but I was like, you know, I want to start a life group with guns. Gun club, you know? And um, let's just do it. We got people that are buying pistols and guns, and everybody's going to have concealed carry. We might, we better we better know how to use these things. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean Abby agrees. That's good. You know, somebody walk in here now, it might get a little crazy. I'm just going to tell everybody duck. <laughs> it's like what Dr. Rodney says. <laughs> so I'd be more more worried about crossfire than anything else. Praise God. Oh, hey, you know, I want to I pray. I want to close out today in prayer. And uh, yesterday we had, I think, three or four salvations just uh, out on the streets. That's good. I think it takes our total count to like 330 or something like that. Praise God. We're seeing people get saved. So it's a part of this church. It will be a part of our culture. We will see people get saved. And, I'm, you know, the follow-up is key. We're going to continue to press and, and do the follow-up with people. And get people, um, Angela brought somebody in last week that got saved. I mean, praise God. You know? And we got to reach out to him. Got to get him here. So, you know, that's, 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 th- that's the things, that's, that's God's people working. Amen. I'm going to pray. And listen, if you've watched and you've been with us online, you know, if there's anybody here today that, you know, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and you want to receive him as your Savior, you can do that. And if you're watching online, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, you know, we never want to, you know, miss the opportunity to give people the, the, the opportunity to, to, to answer the invitation for salvation. You know, it's one of them, it's, it, it, it is the, the main thing of any church service, is that that invitation is available to people. You know, I couldn't imagine being in a place where you bring people to the brink. You bring people right to the brink of, of, a, of a great and powerful message. But I want to tell you that the, me- the message, the main message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you don't know Him, the things that we talk about in the Bible, they, 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 it'll just never, it'll never make sense. Your flesh will fight against everything. I mean, it, it, it will push hard against the things of God. Until you're saved, until you until you're made right with Jesus. You know, and, and that's even even anybody watching online. Until you get things right with God, until you confess Him as Lord, you you'll fight. <laughs> there will be there'll, there'll be an eternal fight for your soul, but there'll be a fight in your life that you, you, you can't even explain it. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel that way? 
because things aren't right with you and God. And today, I just want to pray with people. If you've not received Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, I want to I invite you, you know, even right now, to say this prayer. Because I'm telling you, everything shifts and everything changes. You know, a lot of times people think, well, you know, i got to be a Christian. You know, there is a season of learning. There is a time of learning and discipleship that every Christian has to go through. If you don't, you, you, you get pulled back into the world. It's, it's obvious. Everybody knows somebody that got saved in a meeting, and then they, they never plugged in. They never went anywhere. What happened? It's not like they're on fire for God, doing wonderful things for the kingdom of God. They, 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 that fire burns out. So people have to be where that fire can be rekindled. That fire can be started. Things can be stirred up in people's spirit. That, that's got to happen. You've got to keep the fire going. And if you've been saved for any amount of time, a couple years, two or three years, you, you, you've got to be in a place where you can learn how to keep that fire going. Amen? Keep it going. So I'm going to pray this prayer. If you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, just say this prayer after me. And if you're watching online, get your heart right with God. There's never a greater time to, to, to do things, to, to, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. There's no, there's no greater time. When's Jesus going to return? Could be any time. That's very honest. It's very honest. So say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to come into my life. Lord, I ask you now to cleanse me, to make me whole. I believe, Lord, that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day for me. Lord, I believe. <laughs> you don't have to laugh. Lord, but I believe that you are Lord and that you are King. Today, Lord, I surrender my life and I will give it all to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And Lord, right now, I pray for those that are even watching. Lord, I pray that God, even right now, fill your people up with power. Equip them with power in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen.